Tuesday, September the 14th. And this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, donors pledge aid to Afghanistan and Norway looks to the left. First, the world in brief. United Nations donors pledged more than $1.1 billion in aid to Afghanistan, amid warnings that many of the country's 11 million people could find themselves without food before winter, which is just weeks away. Until the Taliban took over, foreign aid funded around three quarters of the government budget. America offered $64 million at the conference in Geneva. Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, defended the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan in a heated hearing before the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Norway's opposition leader, Jonas Garstur, will start coalition negotiations with other left-wing parties after his Labour Party won the most seats in Monday's parliamentary election. The campaign was dominated by climate change and how to wean the country off petrodollars. But Labour, which is in no rush to phase out fossil fuels, wants to form a government without the Greens, which demands faster action. Apple issued a security update to fix a vulnerability that NSO Group, an Israeli spyware firm, has been exploiting since February to silently infect its products. Victims play no role in compromising their own devices and do not know that they are being spied upon. NSO's capability was exposed by Citizen Lab, a Toronto-based research firm. The firm has reportedly helped several governments surveil politicians, human rights activists and journalists. An outbreak of the Delta variant of COVID-19 in China's southeastern Fujian province grew. The number of cases there doubled to 59 on Tuesday, bringing the total logged since last week to over 100. The local city of Xiamen was locked down, with schools and many businesses shuttered. Celebrations for the mid-August festival next week have been cancelled. A spokesman for China's foreign ministry warned America not to let Taiwan rename its diplomatic mission in Washington. The Biden administration is considering letting the office add, quote, Taiwan to its title. Currently, it is called the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office. But China sees that as a challenge to its claim of sovereignty over the island. Democrats in America's House of Representatives released a proposal to raise the corporate tax rate from 21% to 26.5%, falling short of President Joe Biden's 28% target. Democrats may be settling for less ambitious levies for companies and capital gains to entice moderate members of their party, who are spooked by the price tag of the $3.5 trillion spending package to back the plan. The price of Litecoin, a little-used cryptocurrency, briefly surged by 30% after a sham press release falsely claimed that Walmart, the American retail giant, would accept it as payment. On Tuesday, the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission will face a grilling by Congress about lax regulation in crypto markets, which lawmakers think lack investor protections. And fact of the day, $10,000 the average cost of shipping a standard large container, four times higher than it was a year ago.
And now, here's today's agenda. Recalled or reinvigorated? Gavin Newsom Today, Californians head to the polls to decide whether to keep their Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom, in a special, quote, recall election. If he is removed from office, his replacement will probably be a Republican, which would have big implications for the staunchly Democratic state. The election also matters nationally. California's governor would appoint the successor to Dianne Feinstein, an 88-year-old senator, should she retire. A Republican in her place would flip control of the Senate. No surprise then to see Joe Biden hitting the trail in the Golden State. Recalls at all levels of American government are becoming more common. The pandemic has fueled voters' discontent with politicians. Around 500 recall attempts have been initiated so far this year, about 15 more percent than in all of 2019. Mr Newsom's heavy-handed pandemic restrictions helped precipitate the vote. Yet he will probably keep his job. He has the support of 59% of voters, according to The Economist's polling average. But much will depend on turnout and how successfully Republicans mobilise voters. Official Verdict America's Poverty Data Today, the Census Bureau releases its official income and poverty statistics for 2020. A decade of economic expansion meant that poverty was declining rapidly before the pandemic. It reached its lowest recorded level in 2019, with just 10.5% of the population below the official poverty line. Then COVID-19 struck, and the American employment rate fell by 8 percentage points between March and April 2020 the largest one-month drop on record. Hoping to soften the blow, the government offered stimulus checks and assistance programs. That aggressive response pushed the poverty rate down to 8.6% in April and May 2020 before it snapped back as stimulus lapsed. More cash and help was offered throughout the year and into the next. How successful those efforts were in the short term will become clearer today but economy watchers must wait for official figures covering the end of government assistance to confirm whether poverty has crept back. Another September, another iPhone. Apple. Apple will launch a new version of its flagship device today, as it has around this time almost every year. If leaks are to be believed, it will not be a big remake, but feature notable improvements such as better cameras and an eye-popping 1TB storage option, enough to store all the photos an average iPhone user will ever take. Analysts expect the iPhone 13 range to be a success, not least because many owners have not upgraded their devices for some time. That would offer a distraction from recent negative headlines, in particular a ruling by a federal judge in California that Apple must allow app developers to steer users to payment options outside the App Store. Given the dent that it is likely to make in the firm's profits, Apple's bosses would welcome news of strong sales. The Big Bet on Tech Tata Almost five years after the unceremonious exit of his predecessor, Cyrus Mystery, Nataranjan Chandrasekharan has chalked up several successes. 
the market capitalization of Tata's companies has doubled to $300 billion on his watch. Debt-ridden outfits selling cars, steel and teleservices are improving. Today, shareholders are likely to hand him a second five-year term. If they do, there will be more change ahead. Mr Chandrasekharan wants Tata to become a tech-driven juggernaut. Among his biggest bets is a super app that will sell clothes, groceries, hotel stays and medicines, which could turn out to be hubristic. And challenges remain. The group heavily relies on Tata Consultancy Services, which contributes disproportionately to Tata's overall growth. Tata Power, with net debts of nearly $4.9 billion, needs urgent attention. Nonetheless, for now, at least investors seem happy. In January, TCS, the group's IT firm, briefly surpassed Reliance to become India's most valuable company. Curtains up. Broadway reopens. New York quicksteps, foxtrots and pirouettes towards theatre heaven today as Broadway opens at full capacity for the first time since March 2020. Several blockbuster musicals, including Hamilton, Wicked, The Lion King and Chicago, will restart performances immediately. Previews for Six, Chicken and Biscuits and Is This a Room begin later this month. Before they can get their toes tapping, visitors, as well as performers and backstage staff, will have to provide proof of full vaccination. Patrons unable to do so will be asked to produce evidence of a negative COVID-19 test. Broadway had enjoyed its best season ever before the pandemic struck. In 2018-2019, to theatres welcomed 14.8 million visitors. Broadway contributed an estimated $14.7 billion to New York's economy and provided almost 97,000 jobs. But perhaps fearing the fast-spreading Delta variant, audiences are not rushing back to their seats. Tickets for Hamilton, in the past sold out months in advance, are still widely available. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Aaron Burr, who died on this day in 1836. The rule of my life is to make business a pleasure and pleasure my business. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.